0: Welcome to Devil 7, Episode 111, Daredevil, Season 1, Episode 9, Speak of the Devil.
1: Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place.
0: Agent, Agent Daniel here, and he's excited because earlier tonight, what was shown on Facebook, my friend, Agent Ben Avery? Funko Pop Lola. That will look great right next to my Deadpool Chimichanga truck.
2: Oh, you're ruining it. You're ruining or the am I? moment. Or am I? You just took the moment and
0: kicked it where it hurts. Thanks. Thanks, Daniel. <sighs> But I do have, well, the Chimichanga truck's next to the Batmobile, so do I put Lola between the Batmobile and the Chimichanga truck, or do I continue to separate Batman from Agent Coulson with Deadpool? Wherever
2: you put it, it's just going to be infected by the infectious infection that Deadpool is, and I want no part of this. I want no part of it.
0: Uh, I have I have no answer for you. Well, in that case, we should probably talk about Daredevil. Okay. Or other stuff. (laughs) Okay. Hey, uh, how about we introduce ourselves? Wait, I did. I said, I'm Agent Daniel Butcher, and I introduced you. I said, hey, Agent Ben Avery. Did you? Yeah. You want to know why? mm, Sure. Because I'm concerned. Why are you concerned? I want to make sure that you are welcomed here because I needed some joy, and you brought me some joy today when you got joy. You shared with me a smile. Sure. I didn't get any cheap comic books. I didn't get my itches scratched, but yeah, I got, I got a smile.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a sidewalk sale and I drove by and saw there's a bunch of long boxes of 50 cent comics out there. That's, that's a moment of joy, but you know, what's a moment of real moment of joy is when you find a comic you've been looking for, for a couple of months in a random 50 cent long box outside of a vintage toy store. That's joy, my friend. That's joy. And you shared it with me. I did. And you said, where's mine? (laughs) You said, where are my my comics? And I said, no, you you said, where's my happiness or something like that? And and your happiness comes from me being happy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the way the world works when you are three years old. (laughs) If I'm happy,
0: you're happy, right? And I am if anything, <laughs> a toddler,
2: so anyway, yeah, that's where we were. It was a fun day finding those 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 little finds, you know, and you know
0: what else is fun today, Daniel watching Daredevil? well,
2: no, I watched that yesterday,
0: no. Oh. See, we switch. Usually, I watch it the day before, and you watch it right before. The day you watch it the day before, and I watch it right before. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh,
2: the, what you were actually leading up to, I think. The the news that you f- saw on Facebook.
0: The the
2: actual news news.
0: Not well, just I'll be honest. I haven't read the whole thing. <laughs> oh. I was watching Daredevil. Okay.
2: Well, <laughs> hey, uh, we don't have a news sounder, so I'm going to go ahead and just Here, do this. let's... That is me playing the sad trombone because I still don't have a news sounder. And we have some pretty intense news right here, right now. You ready, Daniel?
0: Hit me with your best shot.
2: Well, news item number one, people are speculating based on comments that uh, Ming-Na made that Agent May may not be continuing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She may be leaving sometime during season three, and the way they're making it sound is it's not going to be a death. It's actually going to be a personal choice to remove herself from a toxic environment that is only feeding her negative emotions. And we know that uh, what's his name, Andrew? Yeah, we know he's coming back, so he might have a part to play in that. Now I'm not saying that the picture that we we've been arguing about is is Melinda, but I am saying that it makes sense. I mean, the the stories that I'm writing in my head right now about why would Mingna leave, uh, not Mingna, why would Melinda May leave? It, it makes sense considering him coming and him helping out with the Secret Warriors and and the Shield mission to to help people with powers and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh people were unhappy. Mingna could only say on Twitter that she can neither confirm nor deny, but she appreciates the sentiment that people have been giving. So So there's that. That's one new You know title. what I think? Well, what do you think, Daniel? I think our writers have got something sneaky planned. I do too. But here's the thing. Uh, if it weren't for this next item, I would think, oh, you know why Melinda May is having to leave. I, I can tell you why in two words. And those two words are, hey, girl.
0: Hey, girl. Yeah,
2: that we already have. We have we have Melinda May and we have Mockingbird and we have these two characters who are very, very similar. You know, and so it would make sense that one would have to nudge out the other. But then there's this other news item that comes out, and that is that a pilot has been ordered. Not a series. It's not a series. This is not. not I mean, we're not going to series yet with this, but a pilot has been ordered for a show called Marvel's Most Wanted. That would feature. Your friend and mine.
0: Lance Hunter. And, and your other friend in mine. Well, we know it's not Mac because he's not a best friend anymore. Uh, other friend and
2: mine that oh. you
0: like to talk about. We already covered Deadpool, and they don't have the rights, do they? Well, um, oh, it's TV; it could totally happen. A Mockingbird, yes. So, anyway.
2: <laughs> um, uh, so it, it features those two. They're saying it's not really a spinoff, which I'm not sure what that means to say it's not really a spinoff. It's the same characters, and they're, I'm presuming in the same universe, which to me, that that's pretty much the definition of a spinoff. You have a show with characters. But it's not a spinoff. You have a show with characters, and some of those characters go off and do another show. That's a spinoff. You know? It's not a spinoff. Gomer Pyle, USMC, spinoff.
0: No, no. Laverne it's and not Shirley. A spin-off.
2: spinoff. They said it's not a spinoff. I know they're saying it's not a spinoff. I don't know what it means that they say it's not I a mean, spinoff. I mean, I read, I read it and it said not a spinoff. Even more can Mindy. That's a spinoff.
0: Um, sure. This isn't a spinoff.
2: I'm just saying, I don't know what they mean when they say not a spinoff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are they saying, oh, prequel? Uh, Are they saying... Know. Oh, different universe. I I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me for them to say it's not a spinoff. It's totally not a spinoff. Okay. Like I said, okay, dude, it's a spinoff.
0: <sighs> Needless to say, we're a little hot under the collar about this news. We don't even know how to schedule this. <laughs> well,
2: if it's just a pilot episode and if it's they you know if they tuck it into agents of shield you know like like they did with um well, i'm trying to think of examples uh oh like uh, gary seven gary seven from star trek where that was basically a a pilot episode for another show about a, a spacefaring james bond and they put it into the context of a you know an episode of of star trek that that kind of thing you know they they could do that or it could be so good they just order a s- series for it and and then i i don't know uh yeah we have some interesting scheduling things coming up and and not just because of that even if that doesn't happen i don't know what we're doing exactly but we will be here welcome to level 7
0: yes it is always here for you we will be except for a few weeks in the summer when we go on vacation then we're not around yeah, yeah,
2: and yet still, somehow we end up with, I think, more episodes than weeks of summer.
0: Yeah, uh, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but here we are. Here we go, face to face,
2: silver spoons, a couple of silver spoons, <laughs> and yeah. So if if it happens, we'll figure it out, and if it doesn't happen, I personally. I won't feel too sad if it doesn't happen, because again, we have sad. Because hey, girl, uh, it's it's a it's a luxury, right now that we have. I like my luxuries. It's true. I mean, that's why people make them luxury because people like
0: them. So yeah, yeah, and I need as much mockingbird as I can possibly get.
2: <laughs> we'll figure it out. I mean, between Agents of Shield, Agent Carter, Jessica Jones. Whatever Daredevil. drops in two, 2016. Daredevil and Luke Cage, maybe. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out.
0: Yes, we will, sir.
2: All right. <clears throat> so that's our news.
0: Uh, are Thank you, heavens.
2: Are you ready to talk about some... I don't know. Ninja? Ninjas make everything better. <laughs> yes. I got some bad news for you, though. Uh-oh. Well... I'll save the bad news until after I play that sound. Are you ready? Yes, sir.
0: Opening statements.
2: Speak of the devil is the episode we'll be speaking about today. And Daniel. Yes, sir. Apparently your phone doesn't want you speaking of the devil. Maybe it was the devil. (laughs) It could be the devil who doesn't want your phone to be used to speak of him. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So here's what's going to happen right now, Daniel. Um, We're going to play your message. And normally I just listen to the beginning of our voicemail messages to make sure I have the right one for the right episode. This one, I listened to the beginning and I was like, oh no. And I listened to the whole thing. I found myself laughing a little bit, but hang on just a second here and and we'll start it and we're going to talk over it a little bit. I'm actually going to pull the volume down a little bit because it's, it's kind of a mess. It's um, a hot mess? Well, uh, I'll let you decide for yourself. <laughs> Those of you who are listening at home, I'm pulling the volume down as far as I can, so I don't blow out your ears, but I, I do want you to kind of hear it because you'll get the impression. Let's, let's just put it that way. You'll get the impression. You ready, Daniel? Let's hear hear me. Kids, kids, kids,
1: kids, 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 kids. Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're asking for Claire. I said, yeah, I definitely wanted to Claire.
1: <laughs>
0: hard, well, definitely hard to beat over the last episode. Yeah, hard to beat over the last episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think you're talking about how he
0: gets to confront Kingpin King on both sides as a superhero. I was just wondering, was Hydra like firing at, during this time period? <laughs> I what's going on? <laughs> There you go. There's the sound yeah. right there.
1: Upgrade.
0: Flaming ninjas, though. That you're, you're saying that ninjas make everything better,
2: but flaming ninjas are even better than that. Did I call them an upgrade? Yeah.
0: yeah. Somehow about streets.
1: <laughs>
0: Talk about the Unmasking.
2: See, you're making sense here. That's a good point, too, though.
0: <laughs> what? I think I like had you're... a Why is this the one time I record for three minutes?
2: <laughs> this is it's like you're you're under fire. You know, and you're calling in on the radio for help or something, you know, but then you're also doing auto-tune on your voice so that, you know, you sound good. You know, so
0: you're <laughs> I always sound good, buddy. Wow, that was intense. So it seems to me that I missed Claire. Yeah, you wanted Claire because she, he needs a cut man. That's what you're saying. I, I think that uh, it's pretty hard to beat uh, Shadows in the Glass, mm-hmm. which is true. And this one doesn't, doesn't and Then just make everything better. Flaming ninjas are an upgrade. Foggy. (laughs) Nice to see him not be the dumbest man in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. I
2: mean, I've we've had conversations before. Maybe not you and I, but but I've had conversations with people about Jimmy Olsen. You know, he spends his entire life with Clark Clark Kent. Jimmy's no idiot. And yet he couldn't figure it out, you know, and and shouldn't wouldn't have been a better story if Jimmy had just figured it out early on because, you know. Jimmy's not an idiot, so uh, I like that Foggy gets to stumble in on this, and yeah, but we're gonna talk about that later why why am I giving my own commentary, we need to hear from from past me are you ready? This is
0: probably the first and only time that your message will be better than mine (laughs) I I wouldn't go that far
1: Hey Daniel, hey Ben future Ben, it's me past Ben, and man Ninja. Check. Needy themes. Check. Kingpin's meaty fists. Check. We get Daredevil in a fight with a ninja. We get Daredevil in a fight with Kingpin. We get some awesome back and forth with some of the thematic stuff that's going on. And Foggy Nose. Oh man. This episode. So so good. Uh, And speak of the devil. That's the episode I'm calling about, by the way. You knew this because you left this message, Future Ben. Anyway, um, yeah, Daniel, I'm watching this and I'm just thinking. It's ninjas. I mean, well, it's only one. The hand is getting involved here. Is it the hand? Well, yeah, it's the hand. I don't know what they're going to call it. But the MCU'd nicely some of the stuff. Oh, good grief. This is, yeah, uh, I don't have much more to say. I mean, this is instant reaction. So this is me calling right after I get done seeing it. I don't have much to say because it's just, it's just good. It's just good. Um, I mean, yeah, Daredevil, he got cut up bad, but, and then he took on Kingpin when he really should have jumped. out oh, and, and Ben, future Ben, um, I'm, I'm I'm taking the joke. I mean, I, I have to say it. I mean, he is facing serious serious infections for these wounds as after he jumps into a river like that. I mean, that is not a clean place. Uh, he's he really needs to get you know some 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 sort of cleanser in there, some alcohol or some sort of you know I don't know what you use. What do you use? Um, that watery stuff that you pour on wound and it fizzes up and uh, I used to have to put it on my ingrown toe. I've, I've said too much. Anyway, um, that's how I feel. I'm, I enjoyed it so much that I don't even, you know, I'm not even annoyed with you right now, future Ben. I, I just can't just defeat the goodwill of this episode with your terrible ranting and rambling and, and attitude. Bye.
2: Do you, do you ever just forget what the messages you left? Like, I feel like I left these messages in a haze of I don't know what. Like, I'm, I feel like we're, we're drunk dialing ourselves or something. You know, well, maybe,
0: just, maybe that's what I did.
2: And maybe we're just so drunk on the awesomeness of the episode. I don't know. Um, it's peroxide, by the way. Fool. Anyway, um, yeah, so apparently I liked it, too, in the past. Good
0: uh, enough. So
2: let's talk about the present, then. What do we think about our, our second viewing here? And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the plot, and then we'll talk about our, our impressions, and then we do have some listener feedback. I'm
0: not doing any of my impressions tonight.
2: I'm doing an impression.
0: I liked it. <laughs> How's that for a? <laughs>
2: there you go. Really poor impression. Okay, let's it move was on. It really, really
0: bad. I'm,
2: you don't know who I was. Maybe I was doing Mr. Ferguson down the street.
0: It was perfect. Yeah. You see,
2: yeah. It wasn't. An <gasps> in
0: <Australia>? Case evidence.
2: <laughs> I'm just a little thrown by myself. Okay. So basically, uh. This episode is a flashback episode while um, Matt Murdock is getting beaten up horribly by a ninja and getting sliced to pieces, sliced and diced. And the flashback that we get, we get conversation with him and a priest as Matt Murdock is trying to figure out what in the world he's going to do as he's being pushed to do what he has to do. And he's looking for advice. He's looking for direction. He's looking for um I think he's looking for confirmation. Uh that you know, he, he I think he's at this point maybe we'll talk about this, but I think he's at this point he's saying to himself, I have to go so far if I'm gonna take down Kingpin now. And he's looking for someone to he's looking for a priest really to say it's okay to do this, to to kill him. Um Then we also have uh our, our B plot kind of going on there, where you have uh, Matt Murdock and his law law firm friends going after Fisk, along with Ben, and they they they're they're they're, they're tracking down um, legal ways to take down Fisk. They're tracking down ways to connect Fisk to uh, all these you know illegal activities that are going on.
0: And so we got to be a piece of paper. There's got to be a witness. There's got to be some evidence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we get a a good conversation there where, you know, we we're getting viewpoints on um, who Daredevil is. We're getting viewpoints on who Fisk is. Um, The whole city is on Fisk's side right now, and they are not on Daredevil's side right now at all. And. It's there's some fun stuff there. There's some fun secret identity stuff in this scene where this first scene where they're having this conversation as Karen is complimenting Daredevil and talking about how awesome he is. And Matt has his back to the group as they're talking about this. But he gets this little smile on his face as as she's talking about that. Uh, and you know, so no one notices. And even if they did notice, they don't know
0: why he's he's got this smile. But He's got a secret smile, and he saves it only for you. (laughs) Man, you're, like, sprinting tonight. What? This is the third scene. What do you mean I'm sprinting? How did you not spend half an hour on the second scene? Because we're coming back to that. Okay, because that second scene. Yeah, no, we're coming back to that. That's some of the theme stuff that we got here. the, The last episode may have been the best episode, but that scene honestly may have been the best scene in a Daredevil episode. That's quite
2: possible. That's quite possible. So. All right. Get back to spring so we can get back to this. Yeah. Let's 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 plow plow through the plot here because Nobu is unhappy with Fisk about all the things that's happening. And he was promised a city block and there's something that's blocking them from giving him that city block. And what's blocking them? Well, it's the people in that tenement who have the rent controlled uh, apartments. And so then we go back to our friends. And they're discussing things. And who should happen to come? Elena. And why does she come to them at that very moment? To remind us that she's still a part of the story. So that later on when she gets killed. uh, She was actually in this episode. And we don't forget who she is. And we can see her alive for a moment anyway. And. Cynical. (laughs) From there Matt. He's going to go investigate. Because they don't know too much about where to find Fisk. But there was people on the platform with Fisk. Owlsley, he's gone. Lots of people are gone, really. Hoffman, the cop, you know, one, one half of Laurel and Hardy, he's gone. Uh, but Vanessa, she was there. And so he goes to Vanessa's gallery. And while he's there, this is where you get that, that scene where it's Daredevil and Kingpin facing off. And then he goes back to the priest because he's trying to find justification for what he needs to do. And this is another great, big, long and powerful scene about good and evil and doing the right thing. We'll come back to it, Daniel. We'll come back to it. Uh, He comes back. He doesn't have much information because of his conversation with Vanessa, but Foggy and Karen do. They were able to figure out the guys who jumped them by looking at uh, contractor IDs and so that's that's a nice little breakthrough and then they also bought a plaque because they need a plaque on out there on the door one and then elena's dead
0: <laughs> off camera mm.
2: yeah yeah which is tough which is really really tough but why did it happen well it happened to pull daredevil out so while they're mourning at Josie's Uh, and it's it's really seriously they are they're mourning the loss of a friend here a friend who didn't have any family Uh, Fisk makes a speech mourning the woman and Matt's going after you know who did this they don't know that but he's 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 gonna go go after them and then we get some conversations between Karen and Foggy and there's some good stuff going on there too So Matt puts on the costume. Matt starts going after Elena's murderer. Uh, We get more torture. And the torture works. And Foggy is breaking down. He's taking responsibility for what happened to Elena. Because he told her to hold out. And if he hadn't, she wouldn't be dead. And then Daredevil. We go back to the present where Daredevil is fighting Nobu, the ninja. He wins by accident. We'll come back to it. Fisk shows up. Fisk just starts beating Daredevil down.
0: That's exactly what I put in
2: my notes. Beat him down, man. So he jumps out a window, ends up in the river. He's going to get an infection. Thanks, past Ben. He gets home. Foggy is worried. Foggy is sad. Foggy is mourning, so he goes to his friend, hears a strange noise, goes inside. And what does he find? He finds Daredevil. The devil of Hell's Kitchen. And what does he find out? That the devil of Hell's Kitchen has an infection. An infected cut on his shoulder blade. No. It's his friend. It's his friend, his life, Foggy's life has been turned upside down. And as much as I would love to talk about the consequences of this discovery, we will talk about the moment, but the consequences are next episode. And oh my goodness, Daniel, I can't wait to talk about the next episode, but I also can't wait to talk about this episode. So totally going to make you wait. Yeah, we're waiting for next episode. And next episode, yeah. Maybe I won't be around next week. We're facing down the consequences. But for this episode, there's a lot to talk about
0: here. Maybe I'll stub my toe and be unable to record. That's, I'll I'll go solo then. I'll, I'll Just saying, solo. I could stretch this out, Ben, if you really want to talk about that episode. Unless you send me a check for $10,000. <laughs> Too low. High, yeah, that's way too high, Daniel. Okay, unless you give me three smiles, yeah, really, not even that. I'm working Um, on it, I'm working on it. All right,
2: so Daredevil, he's fighting a ninja. You want to talk about the
0: ninja fight? Um, it's a really good fight, it is a really good fight. It reminds me, I like the chain knife thing, there's probably a technical name for that. Yeah. I should probably know what it is. But it's a pretty cool weapon. But did you notice Matt's weapons? He's got his
2: sticks. Not just his sticks. They're sticks. Sticks. Uh Huh? Yeah. 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 They're
0: sticks. Sticks. And and we do catch in this that... You're just walking past this one, aren't you? Yeah, a little too much. Uh, We do catch that Matt's training is tied to ninja skills. uh, Because they do have this whole discourse about stick... Though they don't call him out by name, no. And how he was—you were with him at the dock, and you helped him, and he trained you in our ways, and you are a part of his war. Well, even though there. he's not there, you are a part
2: of his war against I was, us.
0: I was just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, can't really blame me for the dead kid, because you know I try to keep him alive. Whatever that dead kid is.
2: Yeah, I'm really curious. Curious if he's dead.
1: Yeah,
0: let's find out in Defenders. <laughs>
2: So yeah, so we've got this fight going on. It's well choreographed. It reminds me of you know, it really reminds me of old kung fu movies, but also reminds me of, Crutch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon stuff. It, uh, I love the the move, and I've seen this before, but the move where the, the the knife stabs in, the chains wraps around a little bit, and the the ninja is stepping on the chain, you know, kind of bringing himself closer, by keeping uh, Daredevil you know bound. And really, Daredevil's outclassed, though. He's outclassed here with his powers and with his training. He's he has ninja-esque training, but he was what ten? Yeah, he's kept at it. But he's he's basically a, a a street brawler with some ninja technique. Whereas the other guy is just full ninja. He's just full ninja. And I think that there's something more than just Ninja going on here. I think there is some sort of scientific, mystical thing going on that we'll find out more about, maybe.
0: In, in Defenders.
2: Or Iron Fist. Ooh, I mean, if they're man. tying things I- in together, we're going to be seeing this stuff in, I, I don't know how blatant, in Jessica Jones, but I think we're going to be seeing this stuff in in Iron Fist a lot. I think Madam. What's her name, Madam Gao? Gao. I, was, uh, I was gonna say Zhao, but um, Madam Gao, I think she's going to be
0: in Iron Fist. And I could believe it. I really could. I mean, and I'm reading. I'm reading early Iron Fist right now, and it's so good.
2: But I mean, if you think about all the stuff she's been saying, you know, how many languages do you know? All of them, <laughs> and, and you get this impression that. Yeah, she's you know Chinese but there is a global aspect to to her and to her gang that goes beyond just one nation or one nationality. And yeah, I I think we'll be seeing more ninja. I think we'll be seeing more of this stuff and and get that MCUing of, you know, like the mystical city or whatever. So, yeah.
0: 10 years dude what the mystical city comes around every 10 years
2: yeah
0: yeah yet people's keep finding ways to get
2: in and out of it well you know once you put a timeline on something like that you put it you put a 10-year timeline on something like that in a comic book where basically what is it the equation is uh one year uh no seven years of real time are one year of marvel time You know, I mean, or is that my dog? Yep, it's both. But anyway, so the I'm liking this. I mean, the the ninja stuff is being shot like a movie that is about ninja. It's it's not. It doesn't feel like the I don't know the gritty street crime type of thing. And the sound effects, even now, a lot of it's coming from Nobu, and it's that classic ninja shouting and yelling and stuff like that. But um.
0: It's, well, and it's, and it's lots, very a lot appropriate. of the shing, shing, shing noises And, and that. it, as you pointed out brilliantly, this is a brawler versus a ninja. You know, and that's the fight that we see. And he wins and, and it's an accident. Yeah, he w- he wins by the comic book cheat, you know. He he has the the accident that leads to the spark that catches the fire From the clothes dipped in gas?
2: Yeah, yeah. He fell in into there were there were those uh, barrels of what was gas or some sort of flammable liquid that I always keep my
0: flammable barrels out in the open like that.
2: Well, and I just wish and this is one of those things where I can kind of accept it. He's outclassed. And so it's either going to be a cheat win or an accidental win. And. The cheat win, honestly, would have been if he had sparked the flame. You know, so he's, he's done something to allow him to defeat someone who's better than him. You know, because something was, was there and made available to him. But what we get here is it's an accident. He, he shouldn't be alive at the end of this episode because the way it finished, the way the battle was won, it was not his skill it was not his creativity it was not his moxie it was not his drive it was i I mean all those things kept him alive up until that point i guess you could say but the actual victory belongs to the fates to an accident or you could say belongs to um you know divine intervention maybe even uh but it it wasn't him it wasn't him. So then he escapes all of that. He, <laughs> the ninja's done with him. The ninja's dead. He's burning in
0: the room. Burning ninja. And upgrade. then he gets a beat down from the king. Bin. <laughs> so. And this too is very appropriate. In the sense of he is so beaten, scarred, twisted, bruised, probably bones broken. That if he was to take a fresh kingpin that would also be an issue. He is outclassed by Kingpin as well now. And, and again, Kingpin's fighting style seems again a little bit more brawler than ninja, so it's a, it's a little bit better ma- well, match. Oh, there is zero elegance. To no, kingpin. it's all blunt force trauma using the size and strength of the Kingpin. I mean, that no is No hug. No, no. <laughs> We're not
2: going that far, but I mean, it is I mean I I I said it in my call, you know, it's it's just his meat hooks, man. He is just boom, boom, it's boom. just two slabs of ham slamming into Daredevil's face. And kicking him down and oh and, and he you know, this is the style of fighting that his father taught him. You know, just keep kicking, keep hitting, keep kicking. And and he does, man. He is it's brutal. It is brutal brew tall boom so daredevil escapes and, and that is his moxie that is his i mean that's him you know it's it's a last minute act of desperation but that's his agency right there that's his choice and uh he loses both battles he loses versus nobu and he loses versus versus kingpin so. And this
0: really isn't the last, first time we've seen him broken and losing at the end of an episode. No. Makes me a little worried about the finale of this uh, season. Oh, really? See, I've seen I the finale and, Oh,
2: wait, wait, sorry. <laughs> but. Oh. oh, never mind. I, I, I wasn't worried about the finale of the season, but I did find it interesting that they chose to go in this direction. And his beatdown then sets up nicely the the reveal at the end not our reveal but foggy's he is a broken man he has nowhere to go he falls in his house you know and can he ask for help from his friends no karen and foggy can't know who he is and claire's gone he has no one to go to but someone comes to him it's his best friend and it's an awesome reveal, an awesome reveal. And, and the way that that Foggy plays it is just wonderful, wonderful.
0: Well, and so where one of our concerns is, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, is, you know, you could treat Foggy as if he is completely incompetent. You can treat Foggy as only being a comic foil. And the thing about Daredevil comics is they've got a long enough history, I think you'd agree, Ben. That there's been moments where he's only been portrayed as that. He's been the buffoon, um, the overweight partner, uh, incompetent guy who's riding with his coattails instead of what is nice to see, which is a competent, intelligent, legally minded and useful
1: foggy.
2: And that's something else you also see in the comics. I mean, he was district attorney for a little while, and he – he was the guy who would come up with different legal aspects for how to, how to win a case or something like that.
0: But well, and and I say that when, so I read some Miller and Miller treated him as a buffoon. And then I I believe it's some way it's Wade who I don't know who actually put in this character twist that foggy has pretty much a photographic legal memory that he's basically a walking database of, of legal code. Which is a real nice tool for a non-powered partner. Yeah,
2: but, I mean, first of all, Miller, for all of his strengths, he, he also tends to, in my opinion, write um, in caricature. You know, he he writes in and in, in uses well, cliche. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to hold Miller against Foggy. But in our series here... Right now, I like Foggy because he is comic relief, but he's comic relief because he's insecure. And he's insecure because he's not as good looking as his best friend. And, you know, he's, he's, he, he probably compares himself a lot to people around him. And he, he wears it well. He, you he wears know he the is. emotion
0: well. He, he's, he's a well rounded character. And not he, just a caricature. He's believable. Yeah. In the sense of, we all know a guy like that. Or in some cases, might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's easy to believe this Foggy Nelson. Versus if he was just like, well, I don't know. Who's this Daredevil? Yeah. And granted, again,
2: you know, just like uh, Matt winning against the Ninja, Foggy finds out Matt's secret Accidentally. Now he finds out Matt's secret because he's forcing himself in to, you know, whatever, in, into the, the apartment. It, it's again, he's choosing to act. He's choosing to help his friend. But it's, it's an accident. It's not that he figures it out. He doesn't see Daredevil and, and is like, I recognize
0: that jaw. Where do I know that jaw from? But I know it from that really strong jaw guy that sits across from me every day at coffee. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know whose jaw that is, but I see that Daredevil's jaw and it just makes me just hungry for a frappuccino.
0: I don't know why.
1: I don't know why.
0: But so, And again, I, I think one of the worries that I had... Is, you know, maybe they would just continue to pull out this string us along. When's Foggy going to find out? Honestly,
2: I didn't think that that wasn't even a concern for me. It wasn't like, oh, I feel like we're going to strung along. When is he going to find out? I didn't think he was going to find out. This was a surprise to me when this happened in the episode. I was so excited. I mean, you could hear it in my voice when I left the message. I was so excited because it was you just couldn't hide it. Yeah, I think you like it. I am about to lose control. And I, I think I liked it. I I saw it. It was a surprise. It was unspoiled. And I'm not sure really what Daredevil spoilers ended up coming out really from people watching the show. Um, You know, for people who are watching it now for the first time, I haven't been paying attention. So I don't know what kind of conversations have been going on. In places where you know spoilers pop out and, and catch people unawares, uh, something like this where we're talking about the episode, we're going to spoil it. Uh, obviously, those conversations are happening too, but I am curious if I were to watch it f- for the first time right now, how much of it would have been spoiled for me if I had been trying to avoid spoilers from the beginning? I'll
0: be honest. I don't think I've seen any spoilers about that.
2: But it certainly wasn't spoiled for me when I watched it.
0: No. And I watched it
2: weeks later. And it, still was,
0: it still was a big shock.
2: And uh, a welcome shock. Welcome. as you
0: can tell shock. in my voice in that message. <laughs> uh,
2: yes. Yes. Your, your voice in that message. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so we do have one other conflict between uh, Matt and Kingpin. And it occurs in the museum
0: with Vanessa there and of course she describes a red painting
2: to him of course of course and what does she describe i mean let's let's find that here because there's some good stuff going on there um he says a little anger there's a little hope
0: yeah uh,
2: yeah she says there's something intimate in experiencing art through someone else's eyes i'm getting a little nervous a little tense here as She's expressing that or or he is. I can't remember who said that. I just wrote it down. But um, I'm thinking, okay, this is Kingpin's girlfriend. You know, and Matt Murdock is is talking to her intimately about art. And she says there's tonal reds, anger, rage, but it's also the color of the heart, love and hope. And then he says, sounds aggressive. (laughs) And then I wrote down yeah, this is this is my initial reaction notes. Here he comes in slow mo. <laughs> it's a great reveal. It, uh, again, you know he's coming in. It's slow motion, and it's intense, and it's intentional. And we get some of the the sounds and stuff, and we get this nice focus with uh, with Matt in the foreground and and kingpin in the background and you know you, you get the you get the impression you get the idea that matt is just focusing all of his senses on the man walking in and <laughs> it's it's a a great a great scene and then they have their they kind of they verbally spar you know i i've heard of your work in hell's kitchen i'm aware of your work in hell's <laughs> kitchen they talk a little bit about the the case, the the Tendency case. And yeah, it's it's fun. It's tense. You don't know where it's going to go because we've seen Kingpin just fly off the handle. And I'm I'm almost expecting See, him what you said? Matt's doing a lot of hand flexing. Yeah, well, don't forget that. He is he is gripping his cane in what? Self-control anger, but Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment. So, but their conflict in this episode ends with with the brutal beatdown. (laughs) So all the stuff I was worried about, um, it happened. Oh, it happened. Only much, much worse.
0: Much, much worse than I was expecting it to. Can you imagine if he'd pulled off the mask and saw who it was? Weren't you with my girl? Hey, wait a minute! I know you. Were you hitting on her? You were hitting on my girl. And then Vanessa Matt,
2: comes in. I'm Matt not Murdoch. your And the thing girl. Is, is, he knows who Matt Murdock is. Wilson, Wilson, I'm not your girl. You don't own me. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, no, he totally he, knows who he is. So he may not be. He's seeing Matt two different ways as an adversary, as both the uh, devil of Hell Kitchen and as Matt Murdock. Well, he's because they're an adversary over the Tenement. Yeah, he. Well, as far as Kingpin is concerned, he has
2: two adversaries, but they're just the same person. He doesn't know. And that's that's a, a great superhero trope you can get into with a secret identity. And, and so you have Matt working against Wilson in these two roles, in these two different ways. And Wilson not knowing. And if Wilson were to find out, it'd be bad news all around. So it, the conflict... It's nice. It's nice to have them in the same room together both times, as as you attested in your phone call.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: um, so what else do we have going on here? Oh, we have Foggy's reaction. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Foggy, he's taking responsibility. He feels responsible for Elena's death. And again, that's genuine... Foggy to me. I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there right now. I have not read a lot of Daredevil comics, and the ones I have read haven't had much foggy in them. And so for this, this this is my foggy now. This is foggy. When I think of foggy, I'm thinking of this guy. I'm not thinking of you know what's his head, you know who directed Iron Man. <laughs> Why can't I remember Favreau? his name right now? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking of Favreau. I'm not thinking of comic book from you uh know, Frank Miller Foggy. I'm not thinking of Mark Wade Foggy. I'm thinking of this Foggy. This is the definitive Foggy for me and he's great.
0: I'll be honest, this is the definitive Matt Murdock for me too. I mean, this is the best depiction of these two characters I think we've gotten. Now, granted
2: that that for me comes from I would agree with that, but it comes from a a place of ignorance you know i've i've read a few dozen daredevil comics um and actually a large portion of those are steve gerber's daredevil comics where, Shocking. yeah where uh, he's in san francisco and fighting extra-dimensional warlocks and stuff <laughs> um so i'm not that's season I, four yeah that's not a that's not a definitive daredevil i don't think in anyone's opinion Um, but yeah, and we're getting good superhero stuff here too. That's don't get me wrong. I like daredevil, but I love this show. And why do I love this show? Not because it's great daredevil. I love this show because it's great superhero stuff. You have a man with powers who has to do the right thing and faces moral conundrums in trying to decide what the right thing actually is to me that's good writing it's good storytelling it's good superhero stuff so all that to say when we do our billy cubs i'm i might i might surprise you with what i actually (laughs) give this episode are you gonna break the rules i am not breaking any rules Okay,
0: okay.
2: Because there are no rules after the precedents you sent last year
0: in the last <laughs> episode. That's what I do. I stir the pot. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Foggy and Karen. What would you do without me in your life? You'd be so would... bland and tasteless without the seasoning I give your stews. <laughs> yeah. Do you want you a hug? If you, you want a hug?
2: If you weren't in my life, I'd just be eating a lot more meatloaf, I think, rather than stew. Oh, meatloaf
0: is so good. Do you need a hug? Because I'm sure Mrs. Avery would give you one.
2: No, she's
0: asleep. Oh, yeah. You need to go wake her up and get that hug, buddy. No, I'd rather finish this episode and then I can oh, just because we I know you're really excited about talking and I'm guessing it might be about the greatest scene of Daredevil. So you think the
2: greatest scene of Daredevil is the first scene with the priest? I actually do.
0: Okay. And here's why. Tell me. This man is on TV. Okay? So it's not like I'm sitting there hearing a storyteller that I'm actually giving feedback to. But yet, as he tells his story, I am so drawn into him as if he's live in the room with me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, the, the father is... The way he tells this story, he pulls me into it. He's got me engaged like a good storyteller does. I've got a, a former coworker is now a storyteller, and I've heard him talk about, you know, engaging an audience, using the audience in your storytelling, making sure you hook the audience. He had me hooked. We're not even in the same room. He's not even on my TV. I watched him on an iPad both times. Hey, Daniel. And, and he's pulled me
2: in. Daniel, did you ever watch that web web series called The Booth at the End? I did
0: watch season one.
2: Yeah. Uh, this kind of reminds me of that because really what you have is a talented actor given uh, an intriguing story, but you have this combination that comes together. And, th- and The Booth at the End is basically Twilight Zone, only it's people talking about the weird stuff that happened to them in a, a diner booth. And Man, so it'd be like, you know, it's it's all the weird stuff that happens and they're coming, they're talking to this guy and they have conversations. There's some back and forth, but they're explaining, you oh, you told me to do this and I did this and then this weird thing happened and then this and this. And that's what was what we're getting here is this great. Yeah. Great storyteller. Yeah, I would go with that. I, I was going to just say, you know, it's a perfect blend of story and and the actor who's delivering it. But I mean, let's just go straight to it. He, he is telling a story. Uh, Basically, answering the question: Do you believe in the devil? And (laughs) it's it's fun because he, uh, do you mean as a concept? And you know, well, no, does he exist? Well, you want the short answer or the long one? And he gets the long answer. And I love how he even uh, Matt interrupts him, and says, "Okay, so so you don't, you know, am I done?" (laughs) <laughs> the priest, is, it's like you just interrupted my story. I'm not done. You're jumping to the the the, the moral here, and you don't even know the the climax. But and, and the story is, I don't know. There's there's something almost heartbreaking. Well, oh, it's definitely something heartbreaking about it. But there's there's something almost like um, there's almost like a fable esque uh. The way he repeats and, and the way it, you know, it kind of goes in these sections of, you know, neighbors were told to kill neighbors, but they couldn't because no one could kill this guy. The soldiers come and they spoke with him and they couldn't kill him. And they came back and, and asked, could we just kill him quickly with a gunshot? And and the leader of the soldiers goes in and sits in his house and, and talks for hours. And there's just something almost like a um, a tribal story it, it's an
0: oral history almost. yeah yeah because I, I it's got the patterns
2: yeah i could i could picture someone you know telling the story around the fire around an ancient fire where you know this is yeah the oral tradition that you would get yeah it, it's homer it it's secular and and so the, the story goes in these cycles it goes in the cycle and then it gets to the end and the cycle is broken and that's where you get your meaning from the story is from the breaking of the cycle, and the breaking of the cycle is that this good man is ruthlessly murdered by a bad man, and and that's where um, this this priest gets his answer because he saw the devil in that evil man, and so his answer: Do you believe in the devil? Yes. And then he says, the devil walks among us in many forms. And it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. Now, Matt's not going there for confession. That's the other thing that's kind of cool about this scene is he's invited by the priest to come and take confession. But instead, he's accepting the invitation from, you know, however many weeks ago to stop in and have a latte in the in the basement.
0: <laughs> and we've all had church coffee. <laughs> so.
2: Well, we haven't all had church coffee, Daniel. I don't drink coffee. Ever. Wow. Yeah. You tea you. I am. I cannot stand the taste. It's the aftertaste. I love the smell of coffee. When I was a child, I would wake up. The smell of coffee would fill our house. And I would come downstairs and I knew it would be, you know, a safe day because my dad was home kind of thing. Um, and now my wife makes coffee in the morning. She loves coffee. And I, I love the smell. But a church latte, I've never had and I never will. Even though I spend most of my time in a church. Yeah, so anyway, it's 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 great scene. It's a great, great scene. And it, again, talking about good and evil. The other scene I like, too, though. I don't
1: know. Uh,
2: I, I liked it because that's where you're getting into Matt's personal conundrum. He knows what he has to do now. Everyone's told him. Corrupt cops have told him. Ben has confronted him about this. Karen's
0: told him, didn't even know it was him. Take off his head. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so he's going to the priest. He's asking for help. And and I like it because you know we have this Matt Murdock is presented as a man of faith. And he may not know exactly what his faith is in, but he, he there's a there's a raw faith. You know, he knows there is a right and a wrong. He knows there is good and evil. He wants to be on the side of the angels, even though he's being called the devil of Hell's Kitchen. And it's, it's good stuff. It's well written. And the priest is not corrupt. The priest is not a dork. The priest is not an idiot. He is there and he's doing what good, in my opinion, what good religious leaders do. And that is to sit back and listen. And yeah, offer some good advice when you have it, but listen here. And he's listening to Matt and he's asking questions to Matt and he's pressing in on Matt. You know, do you, have you thought this through? Are you thinking this through? What about this? And then he gives that speech in this, in this scene. And I love it. You know, he says, there's a wide gulf between, and I wrote, I went back. This is in my original notes. I went back. That's the best thing about doing this on Netflix as opposed to live television is I can rewind and go back. There's a wide gulf between doing nothing and murder because that's where Matt's conundrum is. Do I do nothing or do I kill the man? No, there's a wide gulf there. You can there's stuff in between there. And he says another man's evil does not make you good. Men have used the atrocities of others to justify their uh their their what throughout history <laughs> i should have written things more neatly uh, men have used the atrocities of others to justify th- their own throughout history so the question you have to ask yourself is are you struggling with the fact that you don't want to kill this man but have to or that you don't have to kill him but, but want, want to, to.
1: Oh. Ah, oh.
2: and then they talk about you know righteous men have a duty to stand up to evil, but then uh, he brings up that verse in Proverbs twenty five or something, and he basically says you know it could mean this, but it could also mean that when righteous men sin, the darkness will spread.
0: Ah, oh, it's just it's just good meaty thematic stuff. Just remember, Ben. I, I understand someday you may need to give a message related to this passage, probably when you're talking to the children. Don't say like on Daredevil. Oh,
2: I already have. I mean, I, I've done a whole series now—thirteen episodes of Daredevil. Thirteen sins. Are you finding a lot avoid. of parents
0: finding a lot of parents letting their kids watch Daredevil?
2: <laughs> That's what makes it great. Is that you know I I'm I'm the first one to bring this to them, and no, oh. you, you know, load there's... up the iPad and show
0: him get beaten by those meaty meaty fists. <laughs> Oh, man
2: no what I like about it though is like a lot like good storytelling gives us we're asking questions and this is causing me to ask questions and you know well okay so these kind the, the kind of things they're bringing up here are things that can be brought up in, in as you're looking at current events there are things that can be brought up as you're looking at responses to evil things that happen in our world like unjust deaths that occur. Uh, Wars. I mean, I'm trying to bring things up here in in generalities so that I don't want to bring up, you know, polarizing specific things. And I think by bringing them up in generalities right now, they can be applied to different areas. But, um, you know, unjust deaths. How do you respond to that? And, you know, where in that gulf do you go? you go to the one extreme where you do nothing, the other extreme where you just murder someone or kill them in vengeance? Um, and you know, there's the line judgment and vengeance are best left to God. But if you're kind of taking that angle, when do we become agents of that justice and vengeance? And that's that's the line that that Matt Murdoch has to to walk. And he's walking it with this faith side, but he's also walking it with his faith in the law. And, you know, he's coming to his friends and saying we should do things within the law. And then he's putting on a costume and doing the exact opposite. Boom. It's, it's so interesting to me. And it, this is good writing. Good writing across the board as far as dialogue goes. I I think the the one weakness that we end up here is he wins against the ninja accidentally. (laughs) He wins accidentally. But
0: he has to win because he's the star of the show and we need to have the show keep going.
2: Yeah, but it's an accident. It's an accident.
0: Maybe you should just think a little less about it.
2: I can't. I
0: can't, Daniel. I can't. I want it to be based on action. He he tried really hard. He did. And he stayed alive. And he was told, you know, that he fought with honor. And it just wasn't enough. And he stayed
1: alive.
2: By his own skill. And. Yeah. So. There we are. Uh, Anything else to touch on here with this episode?
0: Mm-mm. I thought it was a really good one. And you're right. This one's very, very themey. And again, being a show that they've been able to assemble it all before it went out there, you know, it's not like they filmed some episodes and released them, and then they found out that fans didn't like certain things, and then they started adjusting, or as I like to call it, the <laughs> Heroes Complex. Of well, course, corruption, um, yeah. Um, you know, they pre. They had to have a story done when the day everything went live. And so we're seeing some of these questions that we've seen before. You know, do I have to kill him? Do I kill? Do I go that far? How far am I willing to go? This episode's really just slamming it all on the head. It is, but it's not doing it in a boring way because you have a ninja. No, because ninjas make everything better. (laughs) They do. Slamming ninjas are upgrades. Ninja
2: makes everything better, including what could just be boring theological debate. And I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I may get more excitement out of talking about this stuff because I do come from that conservative Christian background. But I think the way they present things is done in such a way that really conservative Christian writers could could learn from first of all, but also in a way that that is accessible to anyone. You know, and and in, I think anyone could watch that and get something out of it, and even staying within the confines of their own worldview. But uh, the other thing that I like about it is that it does present these two people who do come from a background similar to my own. Not, I mean, I don't have the Catholic guilt that Matt has, and I don't have, you know, the the Catholic liturgy behind me that the same way that the priest does. But I, I do come from that world. Or a similar world, and I like seeing these characters who are not being presented as buffoons, because to be honest, that is what we do see a lot of, because we're easy targets. It's it's you know we're we're, as far as you know the people who are in power in our nation and in the United States uh, tend to be the white Christian type people, and so they are a target for comedy and they're a, and sometimes a very valid target for that stuff and here it's just presented as this is who these people are and they're people and so we get foggy being who he is but he's being a person and so why we like him and the same with karen this i just across the board we have this kind of perfect storm of actor of character of writing of style I mean, if you take those four quadrants that I always like to talk about when we talk about the movies, we're getting it all in spades here in almost every episode, and and then we also get a, a flaming ninja. <laughs> so I think that's my my final thought here. Before we move to witness testimony, what do you think?
0: I agree. Again, ninjas make everything better. All right. Well, let's move on to witness testimony then. <laughs> witness testimony
2: so we do get uh let's see how many do we have this looks f-
0: like four but only three are about daredevil
2: yeah one of them actually only two are about this episode uh and one of them is about fantastic four
0: here why don't i just go ahead and take this first one from agent evan okay go ahead my first reaction really a ninja is this Power Rangers? Where's Zordon? Where's Ivan Ooze? This seemed totally out of place. I think the biggest factor was the costume, which looked, like I said, very similar to Power Rangers. Now, after watching the rest of the episode, I will admit that the ninja was pretty legit. And I now understand that they designed his costume like they do so they could fit the fireproof suit underneath. Still, too bad for a cold open, in my opinion. I also didn't realize the ninja was Nobu until the very end. Incidentally, whenever I hear his name, I think of Nobu No Utsu, the composer of all the Final Fantasy video game soundtracks. In my headcanon, I'm just going to assume they're the same person. Agent Evan out. I Hmm. I don't think he was ever a member of the hand.
2: Yeah, I don't think I would like to take, you know, say John Williams and and just in my headcanon make him an evil sorcerer or something
0: um yeah and again ninjas make everything better they do even final fantasy video game soundtracks so if in yeah. fact there's a ninja playing like a triangle in that <laughs> hey uh we got an email
2: from uh agent Derek from the gotham tv podcast but he's also from the defender oh what's that podcast called defender cast defender cast yeah he said, hey, guys, sorry I've not given feedback on the Daredevil podcast so far, but I want to let you know that I'm really enjoying the format of the show. The idea of recording your thoughts directly after watching the episode and then coming back to them after watching the full season is genius, and it's working really well. Keep up the great work. I'll be listening.
0: Until tonight.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, you know. Who knew? Every once in a while, you got to have some sort of misstep. If by misstep, you mean completely garbled Mess of a message. So uh we got a message from Agent Nate. Subject is Daredevil Episode 9. Speak of the Devil. Hey, Agent ben Daniel. I've been listening to all your Daredevil coverage, but have refrained from writing feedback until now because I haven't rewatched the series since it first released. However, Speak of the Devil is my favorite episode of the season. That isn't to say that Stick and Shadows in the Glass weren't great. Honestly, this episode wouldn't be as good without them. Why do I love this episode? Well, first, it has ninjas, and they always make things better. More importantly, as a Christian, it's refreshing to see a faith-based character who isn't portrayed as a lunatic or a hypocrite. Matt Murdock is neither. He isn't perfect, but his faith is genuine. What makes this episode indeed his arc in the entire season is his spiritual struggle. I read a review of the series' first episode that was written by a high-profile Christian publication that obviously knew very little about Daredevil as a character, or they presented a slant view to demonize, no pun intended, the show. They thought he was a violent vigilante who played judge, jury, and executioner. What they didn't know was that his faith both compelled him to act and prevented him from killing. But even Matt didn't know if he could continue that way. Would he have to kill Fisk and damn his soul for the sake of the greater good? Never is this struggle treated as trivial or foolish. For Matt, it is very real, and I believe even non-religious people can appreciate it. The scene that stands out to me the most is when Matt meets with his priest for an informal confession. Matt fears he may give in to his darker nature, the devil inside, And wonders whether it is him or Fisk who is evil. So he asks the priest if he believes in the devil. His answer surprised me. I, like Matt, thought the priest was saying he believed the devil was invented by the medieval church as a means of controlling people through fear uh, and that it wasn't a very Catholic answer. But his story about the man in Africa who slaughtered a village after accepting their overture of peace, it chilled me. It was an answer open to interpretation. Did the priest mean that this incident told him the devil was a real being or that people could become the devil themselves, metaphorically speaking, by committing atrocities? Really, do I come across such brilliant writing from a secular source? Indeed, I wish more Christians were like this. Oh, I just said that. Uh, Good thing I'm a writer, too. I craft stories that I hope are almost as good as this. I have one more episode I'd like to comment on, but I'll wait for you guys to get to that point. Until then, keep up the good work. Live long and prosper, Agent Nate. P.S., did you get my feedback on your Fantastic Four episode? I sent it using the comment feature on the feedback page of Welcome to Level 7 page. I wasn't sure if it worked. Uh, first, Agent Nate, we did not receive that feedback. Apparently, the comment feature on the feedback page is broken, and we are working on
0: Well, no, what happens then? Is when someone fills out the comment section, Uh it sends the message to the Hoodie Factory on Planet Zero. (laughs) Planet Zero.
2: Did you see the... Hoodies. Did you see the the article about the first draft of of the Fantastic Four script? It was going to feature moloids and Galactus and they were called planet zero, the negative zone. And wow, I I don't know if it would have been much better, but it would have been a more interesting train wreck if it had been a train wreck. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, apparently we've, we've got similar thoughts here. So, um, yeah. Uh, should we go to our fantastic four feedback?
0: Absolutely,
2: Agent Kurt.
0: You want to read that? <laughs> I got it here, sir. Go for it. Firstly, I just wanted to say, Ben, I love how you compared the FM FF film to a cake that's got several types of meat in it. That was very strange and hilarious and wonderfully worded. Also, Ben, I loved your statement on this film, and I agree a hundred percent. Fox clearly didn't doesn't like this franchise. Not enough to make a good film or even try to make a good film. While I would love to see Marvel Studios craft a guardians type of venture, like you said, Marvel got the rights if Marvel got the rights back, the film would probably push back some other films in the pipeline. But I think that they may actually happen in this film wouldn't sh- show up until at least the start of phase three, four, or maybe even five by that point. I feel like people would have lost interest completely. Anyways, my thoughts on the film are simple. It was all right, but overall very underwhelming. I've seen loads of people destroy the film online, but I'm not that disgusted with the film because there are many other superhero films that are worse to endure endure than this. Since a lot of bad points have been covered by by you, I'll try to be brief. Initially, when the film started, I was surprised by how much I liked it. I thought for a while that it wasn't too bad but I think things started to get dodgy when Reed, Ben, Johnny, and Victor went to Planet Zero without Sue for a strike. The way the characters obtained their powers was interesting, but far too abrupt, and it sucked that Sue never got her powers from the other zone, but rather from the explosion of energy. I liked how they tried to implement some drama into the characters getting their powers, but it was far too brief and not nearly as powerful as it needed to be. Also, there was too much time skipping, scenes that went nowhere, like that moment between Johnny and Sue, And after a while, it felt like things were just happening for the sake of it, rather than having any proper reasoning behind it. Can I just say that I liked the sequence when Doom went full psycho on horror mode and just wasted several people in that building? Though I had to say, how do his powers work? I don't remember that being in his powers in the comics, and if he's so strong, why didn't he just blow up the FF team when they fought him at the end of the film? I thought the little amount of action we got was weak. Doom was wasted as a villain, and that ending with the team in their new facility didn't feel feel earned at all. The two key problems with this film was the lack of development, character, and story-wise, but also that there was no fun factor at all. The film was so joyless and lacked that superhero gene. Nisequa. Nisequa, dude. <sighs> I've I've studied German, Latin, French, and a little bit of Chinese. I ruin everybody's languages. That makes these films enjoyable. I'm not sure after this that I ever want to see FF in live action again because Fox has goofed so badly. I didn't hate the film. I thought it had moments of interesting material. But the more I think about it, the more frustrating, frustrated I get. Anyway, that's my thoughts. Done. Take care. Agent Kurt out. P.S. I like Daniel's boom during the FF feedback. Boom. Whew.
2: Yeah. All I'm going yeah, to say... All I'm going to say is I'm doing an episode for Strangers and Aliens that is – the title is Four Fantastic Films to Watch Instead of Fantastic Four. And it's basically taking the four films that Fantastic Four wanted to be and saying just watch those instead.
0: So The Incredibles.
2: It's on the list, yes. Yeah. It's definitely on the list. Hey, let's move on to our final verdict then and, and let's uh, let's shut down another one for the books. How's that sound? All right. I'm
0: going to get my saw ready. <laughs> Final verdict.
2: So, Daniel, I'm not going to have you guess how many stars you think I'm going or how many stars, how many Billy Clubs you think I'm going to give this episode. Because I'm just going to say it. I give this episode four Billy Clubs. Oh, yeah. And the reason it's four is because of that ending. <laughs> it, it. I mean, everything else is great. And it just because of the ending to me, it just it just frustrated me. And, and maybe it's the right ending and and maybe it's the right ending for what they were trying to do. But I just didn't like it that much. And, and so I'm just going with with a four. And but if you think about it, for me, you know, shadows on the glass or shadows in the glass, rather, and stick. I mean, those are high, high, high quality television. This is high quality but it's not up to those heights and and part of it is because of just some of the plot stuff. I talk about those four quadrants, you know, character, style, um and theme all high on on those on those three, but plot it just bugged me because he won by accident. And and maybe that's the right thing. You know, young hero just starting out. He's not a ninja. How else is he gonna beat him? Well, I don't know.
0: But accidents seem like a good reason.
2: That's where I'm going with it though. That's that's my grade. Four Billy Clubs out of five, which still isn't that bad. It's above average. In my my thinking. Anyway. So
0: what do, what do you got for us? How are you going gonna do to four and a half billy clubs? Okay. All right.
2: So this is the first I one that you've rated higher
0: than me. You. Yeah, this is probably the... Well, no, I, I gave that one episode six. Oh. Shadows. Okay. Yeah. This is the
2: first one that you've rated higher than me as far as the actual rules of
0: the game go. Well, dude, it's not five stars. It's definitely not six. Billy Clubs. Yeah. yeah now but right. I I think it's really good. And again, ninjas make everything better. So we got some bonus points there. We've got the best scene out of ever, all of the Daredevil episodes. <laughs> Just one scene, you know, best scene right here. And, and again, I'm going to rate it high for that. All right. Sounds good.
2: So I guess yep. I guess that brings us to the end
0: here. Yep. It's that time again, buddy. It is. You and me. Breaking <laughs> up's hard to do. It is. <sighs> you got anything to say? Why? Well, I just sit here and cry. <laughs> Because you're not going to talk to me again for a few days. Or at least until we message tomorrow. Yeah. Probably before 8 a.m. <laughs> about comic books.
2: Yeah. Hey, so, Daniel. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you didn't give me anything at the sidewalk sale.
2: I just wasn't thinking about you. That's really not the right answer, is it? <laughs> You know, Daniel, you shouldn't feel bad about it. I just wasn't thinking about you. Don't feel bad. Oh. Yeah.
0: But yeah, you thought about me when it was over.
2: I did. I wanted to show you the awesome What If starring Conan that I got. Hey, Daniel, I'm trying I'm trying to set this up now here, okay? You're kind of kind of veering things away from where I'm trying to go. And okay. And I'm, I'm still sure. not even sure how I'm going to get
0: there. So. Oh, ben, do you have anything to say?
2: Daniel, you really got to just turn the crying off, though, okay? Because I- I'm worried for you. I'm worried that if you're going to be crying like this all the time, I'm worried that you're going to just have some sort of, you know, you're going to fall out of your chair, you're going to trip over something, you're going to be driving, and you're just going to get in a car accident or something. You, you just got to stop this emotion, Daniel. Do you know why? Do you? Do you? Know why? No. <laughs> because <laughs> emotion can turn the most circumspect of men careless. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcome to level 7.com/slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five 55 Level 7. mx once again thanks for listening and remember welcome to level seven it's not just a podcast it's a magical place
0: i i didn't know i thought the why part was part of your quote oh
2: yeah well could have gone a lot better it it also could have gone a lot
0: worse i mean the yeah, but yeah, not like we did it, and it did go a lot worse. <laughs> that did not happen. Uh, yeah. Wow. So you had a story, Daniel? So the wife has a friend over tonight. Uh-huh. And so apparently she's downloaded an episode of Welcome to Level 7. Really? Yeah. Well, she hasn't listened. She just downloaded. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, that's all we really need her to do is just download. So So there we are. And mm-hmm. she's like, You should go on the show to Mrs. Butcher. And Mrs. Butcher said, No, I would never do that. Though they asked me once. Now do you remember this? When we asked? Uh we talked about it. I don't know, I don't remember asking her, but we did talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember asking either. And she said, I would never, ever do that. And her friend looked over and she at her and said, we totally need to do an episode. And she listed off a group of like four female friends. We need to do an episode and it'll be about our list of the hottest Avengers. <laughs> so are you ready for that? The hot Avengers list, buddy? I am not ready for that. <laughs> That's a
2: very interesting. um uh... Well, Thought that funny, your wife's
0: friend had there. Funny enough, I said, I don't think that Ben would be interested in that. And then when she said, yeah, Thor, I want to lick him. I'm like, yeah. Mm. And then my wa- Mrs. Butcher said, hey, you'll never guess what I got for breakfast tomorrow. And the friend looked over at her and said, Thor? Oh, wow. I think, yeah. I think your wife's friend likes Thor. Apparently. So I'm guessing in that episode that we'll never do Thor top of the list. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I could see that. He's
0: a handsome man. I mean, somewhere as... Chris Evans is in America going,
2: what? Yeah, I could see that. He's also a handsome man. Not not as handsome as, say, you or me. You
0: All know. right. So let's do it. Top three hot Avengers, Ben. Go.
2: Uh Lance Hunter, me, and I don't know. Vision?
0: <laughs> that- he's he's so greenish. Green
2: and red, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, if you good. were
2: to ask me the hottest member of the Fantastic Four, you
0: know mm-hmm. who I would say. Johnny Storm. Yes, I would. Do you know why?
1: Because <laughs> he's, he's on, on fire. fire.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Ah, uh, the episodes that'll never happen.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we just don't think that way, you know.
0: Hey, maybe we'll work that in to as, a, as a. Objectify Wait. You know, no. D- during a re- rerun week of Hey Girl when <laughs> it gets out there. Hey Girl. Man, I can't believe they might do that. I'm sure it'd be good. Oh. Now that's a magical place.
2: As long as it's not concurrent what they did with agent Carter last year was perfect for us
0: perfect for us well you know what I'm thinking they're thi- or they're doing over there at Marvel and ABC they're thinking hey how can we make the lives of welcome to level 7 even better with our hot Avengers
2: yeah what they could do was summer summer programming
0: that'd be awesome It'd be better. It'd be better. Well, but I'm going to go to bed because apparently when I wake up tomorrow, Thor is going to be at my breakfast table. So, <laughs> all right, man.